Iran is blaming Israel for assassinating its top nuclear scientist. Mohsen Fakhrizadeh was murdered while traveling with his wife in a bulletproof car. Witnesses say they saw an explosion followed by a barrage of bullets. Iranian President Rouhani pledges retaliation. At the right time, the relevant officials will respond to this crime. Joining us with more is U.S. Army retired Lieutenant Colonel Sargis Sangari. Mr. Sangari was born in Iran. He knows the country well, and he currently serves as CEO of the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement. Sargis, it's good to talk to you again. So President Rouhani says at the right time, Iran will retaliate with the possibility of a new U.S. president coming in now. So how long do you think they'll hold off and why? Well, it's good to be here, Gary. I think they're going to hold off because they really don't know what is happening internally. Iran's foreign policy has nothing to do with how U.S., Europe, or other nations conduct their foreign policy. It is really tied to domestic internal issues that they're having a hard time grappling with. If you notice, since uh, Friday, when the top nuclear scientist for Iran was killed, Iran has proposed multiple scenarios of who may have killed him and why. And in one of the processes, they have even blamed Israel for the killing. And this, uh, they have actually strengthened Israel within the region that is trying to strike uh, deals with uh, all the Arab nations that are now lined up to be able to not only make peace with Israel, but have economic deals with Israel. So internal issues of the failing of the government is the reason why we are where we are today with Iran. Sargas, if in fact this was Israel that took this action against another Iranian nuclear scientist, was it necessary to do that in your opinion? What else could have been done to slow or prevent Iran uh, developing a nuclear bomb? Well, we don't know who has killed them, first of all. If Israel has killed them, uh, Israel is showing that it has claws and it can reach out and touch anyone to include even in Iran. The issue here is that if Iran's saying that Israel did it, then Iran cannot even protect its own borders, its own people internal to its own state. Uh, this is internal issues that are being faced in Iran. Iran has painted itself into a corner where the hardliners do not know how to be able to work with the international community. The problem here is that uh, you have multiple different factions within Iran. You have the Revolutionary Guards, the hardliners. You got the standing uh, army that uh, is in charge of the border securities. You have multiple intelligence services in Iran themselves. And then you also, at the same time, have the hardliner president with his cabinet and also the laws that have made it very difficult for anyone who is not a hardliner to be able to run in next year's elections. This is what has caused the problems in Iran, where these 80 million people that live in Iran are now hanging on a thread, hoping to see what the possible outcome of the U.S. election might be. Even in that capacity, I don't think Iran can survive its internal issues. If he is sworn in as our 46th president, how likely is it that Joe Biden will try to rejoin the Iran nuclear deal, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action? I think it would be very difficult. Iran is not just bankrupt. Its internal economy has collapsed. And this process, as it's trying to strike deals to possibly, with the hardliners selling uh, Iran to China for $400 billion, it is very difficult for us to see what the possible outcome would be with a Biden administration, which Iran knows that might be nothing more than a two-year administration, given our government changes every two years, at least in the House of Representatives. 
Okay, on another challenge for Biden, lying ahead right next door to Iran is Afghanistan. Do you think there should be a ceasefire between the government of Afghanistan and the Taliban before peace talks continue? Also, in your opinion, what needs to happen uh, before all U.S. troops are returned home? Well, the United States can leave uh, Afghanistan as easily as it entered Afghanistan. However, with that said, it can never be separate from Afghanistan. Afghanistan has three major players in it. One is the uh, ties that it has historically with Iran, and these are historical ties. Dari is actually the language that was spoken in the uh, courts of the king Dariush, uh, which uh, Afghanistan was part of the Iran landscape historically while it was an empire. So that relationship has always been there. The language is still there being used. The other tie is to China. China has invested heavily, especially in the mining fields of Afghanistan. And China has had that historical relationship when it comes to the Silk Road that it uses Afghanistan for the land piece of the Belt and Road Initiative. And then, of course, the ties that started in Afghanistan once the Soviet Union invaded. So we can leave Afghanistan, but we can never leave Afghanistan when it comes to the political need of staying there. If you turn it over to China, China will not only take over Afghanistan, but will take over Iran as it's trying to purchase Iran to a tune of $400 billion. It has already uh, pretty much paid and has bought out every member of the parliament of uh, Pakistan who has business ties to Chinese companies. That means if you lose Afghanistan to China, that means you will definitely lose in the near future Iran and Pakistan to China and then virtually the entire Middle East. Okay, we'll have to wait and see what happens here with a new administration or a continuation of the Trump administration. Sargas Ngari, CEO of the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement. Thank you, Sargas. We appreciate you sharing your insights.